0: Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference.
1: Today we're in Matthew chapter 8 verses 14 through 22. In my Bible this represents a couple different sections. And Just a note about that, these headings that we read in our Bibles were not inspired by God. They were not part of the original manuscript, but they were added later by editors or by scribes who, who were intending them to be helpful so that the reader could follow the flow of Scripture. Many times they are helpful, sometimes they're not helpful, because they divide Scripture in a place that maybe causes us to lose some of the meaning of a passage. In this case, I don't think it's one or the other, but just crossed my mind, so I thought I'd mention that. Chapter 8, verse 14 and following. And when Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. She rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases couple things going on in this section. One, another reminder that Matthew is using the Old Testament passages that would have been familiar to his audience. Matthew is primarily writing and trying to reach Jewish people who would have been raised on the law and the prophets in the Old Testament, and he continually drips Old Testament passages in the text of his narrative as if to point out that this Messiah, this one who we see living in front of us right here, is the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Old Testament that predicted this Messiah to come. And we'll see that ongoing throughout the book of Matthew. Also, we're given another reminder that Jesus has power over sicknesses and diseases and demons. There's no there's no question that Jesus, or today God, could heal anything he wanted to, if he wanted to. The question is, why does he do it in some cases and he doesn't do it in other cases? And the honest answer to that question is, we don't know. We don't have the mind of God. But we can trust, A, that he can do anything, and B, that whatever he chooses to do or chooses not to do is in line with his will, and C, that his will, his plan is always good for everyone who trusts him and is called according to his purpose, as Paul writes about in Romans. This is a powerful God who can bear illnesses and heal diseases. Amazing. Verse 18 and following. Now, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up to him and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me go, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. So that's a pretty stark statement by Jesus. Actually, I love it because we're conditioned to believe by questionable preaching and cherry picking things out of scripture that Jesus is just this soft, nice, politically correct build-up your self-esteem type guy. And there are many things about Jesus that are those things, but that's not all he is. And here we get a glimpse of something Jesus says that sounds, gosh, very, very harsh. I mean, if I said this to somebody else, I'd get lambasted for being insensitive or something. Jesus says to the guy who wants to bury his father before he follows Jesus, he said, now let the dead bury their own dead. Now, Jesus, of course, wants us to honor our mother and father. And at some point, for many of us, that's going to involve burying them. Jesus isn't contradicting that. But what he's saying is that allegiance to him, if you're going to be a disciple, Allegiance to Christ supersedes all allegiances. My allegiance to Christ has to be stronger than my allegiance to my parents, stronger than my allegiance to any other human being in my life. And in most cases, those allegiances can coexist. But if you have to choose between one or the other, you always got to choose Christ first. He's also if you read between the lines of this saying something that's even maybe a little more harsh than what you just get at face value he's not only saying that you need to choose me over burying your father but he's saying the people who are going to bury your father are dead burying the dead in other words they're spiritually dead they're doing their religious stuff they've rejected Christ perhaps in fact that's the natural condition of every single one of us dead spiritually dead only way that we can become spiritually alive is to trust Christ and follow Christ and so Jesus is implying that anyone who's not following him, i.e. staying back to bury their father instead of following Christ, is spiritually dead. They have chosen to not become spiritually alive. This is quite an eye opener because, again, it flies in the face of what we're conditioned to believe Jesus is all about, which is never saying things that would hurt anyone's feelings or step on anyone's toes. He's stepping on toes right now. Finally, he says that foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Now, is that literally true? In a sense, but in a sense it's not. I mean, Jesus, of course, had a place to lay his head. He slept, for instance, in a boat. He had to lay his head somewhere that time. What he's saying is that the life of a disciple, and we're going to hear more about this as the Gospels and the New Testament books unpack this, is not a life of ease and comfort. Now, that's foreign to our American wealthy sensitivities. But the fact is, is, even in our own context, it shouldn't be terribly easy or terribly comfortable to be a disciple of Christ. We ought to be drawn out of our comfort zone often, We ought to face unease often because of what we're called to do or say that is in total contradiction to what the culture would have us stand for. Great couple passages that give us more insight into who Jesus is for real not just the polished Jesus that we hear about too often.
0: The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders radio and internet ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a 5 star rating and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org where you can also find our weekly 30 minute radio broadcast which airs on stations around the world and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule of year-round events and activities are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference on Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our other ministry partner. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.